BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's Friday, everybody. Get ready to jump into it with Clay and Buck. Thanks for being here on the Clay Travis and Buck section show. We have much to discuss. For example, um, a Minnesota Democrat who once called for dismantling police during BLM 2.0 is violently attacked and now has... In uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis area now has a very different approach, it seems, to law enforcement and police. Um, this is yet another story we see that Democrats like to say things about law enforcement until they have to face the reality themselves of their incredibly irresponsible and reckless policies. Uh, we shall discuss that. We've also got uh, more here on Eric Adams in New York City. Texas, uh, Texas is slamming the claim that Adams says that it's Texas's fault. Now, this is from Governor Abbott, Governor Abbott's office, that the migrant crisis is so major in NYC. We'll discuss that. An extinction rebellion protest last night at the U.S. Open tennis match in Queens, New York, which I was watching. We will discuss this politics and sports crossing over. What better place could you be in? Then right here on this show, and I'm, I am caught the one time, like, there's like a couple events a year I might watch the sports for. And in this one, sure enough, politics, uh, came about. We shall certainly discuss that. But I, I have two other areas I want to dive into here with Clay first, uh, in the world of, of what's going on in politics here at home. Um, we have some polling we'll get to about Biden that I think is really interesting and the, culpability that people feel for uh, or that think that Joe Biden has in the schemes involving Hunter. Uh, I think you would have to you'd have to be willing to believe the absurd to think that Joe Biden was not up on and in some way directly benefiting from what Hunter Biden was doing. Also, just think about this. Why would you want someone in charge who's so reckless 
and so inept that they wouldn't stop their crack addict son from flying all over the world making deals on your behalf. Like that, that, that's not enough brand protection, if you know what I mean. Uh, we'll get into that, but first, Clay, Mr. Clay Travis, there's some news here. Uh, California Democrat Gavin Newsom, the governor of California on Meet the Press, has said, I guess this is a preview for the full interview on Sunday. Yep, it's their preview clip, but he has said that President Biden is going to run. That, do we have audio of this? Do we have the audio clip, everybody? I think we have the, Let's this play is, it this the, is, this is, be still my heart. This is, this is painful. Play it, play it. Filing deadlines haven't passed. President Biden doesn't run. Why shouldn't we consider you a likely candidate? I think the vice president is naturally one lined up, and the filing deadlines are quickly coming to pass. And I think we need to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run, uh, and looking forward to getting him reelected. Uh, I think there's been so much wallowing uh, in the last few months and hand-wringing in this respect. But we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. I, I under, you know, but you hear these calls privately. What do you tell these donors who are wallowing in this? Uh, time to move on. Let's go. And am I supposed to interpret that comment about the vice president, that if for some reason the president chose not to run at this point, well, that's the next, everybody that, rallies that's around the, her? It's the Biden-Harris administration. That's a, maybe I'm a little old-fashioned. Yeah, maybe, little, maybe I'm a little old-fashioned about well, yeah, presidents and vice presidents. I was a lieutenant governor, so I'm a little subjective. All right, Clay, are you buying it? And are you going to be buying me a steak at the rooftop of the JW Marriott in Nashville when Biden is, in fact, the nominee? We can handle that one later. But first, Gavin here. What do you think? That's a great steakhouse, bourbon steak at the top. So at least we're going to be going to a good dinner. I, I just, Buck, I just keep looking at all of the data on Biden. And this was such a bad week for him with the Wall Street Journal poll and the New York uh, and the CNN poll. They're saying the exact same story. And I understand people can be skeptical of the polls. But when basically 76% of Americans say Biden isn't mentally or physically capable to be the president of the United States, including huge majorities of Democrats and Republicans and independents. Buck, we can barely get anybody to agree on anything in this country today. Everybody has finally become united behind Joe Biden in this belief. He is too old for the job, whether you're a leftist, whether you're a rightist, whether you're middle of the road, whether you aren't even that plugged in in the political arena. We all see this. Whether you... Agree with me that Gavin Newsom is an adroit and likable personality when he sits down for Sean Hannity and that he's glib and he's smooth and I think he will play well with suburban women voters who I believe are going to be the determining factors in this 2024 election. Gavin Newsom knows all of this too. So a part of me feels like this is when you see someone who is about to lose their job. You want that job, but the best way for you to get that job is to pretend that you actually think they're doing a good job, and that's what Gavin Newsom seems to me to be saying in this Meet the Press interview. I will say this, Buck, and I don't have the data in front of me. I would be curious. I don't know if you've read this or you've seen it anywhere. I would like to know what the filing deadlines are if you're going to run in South Carolina, if you're going to run in New Hampshire for these Democrat primaries. 
because we've been talking about when sort of the drop dead date. Unfortunately, when you say the drop dead date with Joe Biden, it has more than one connotation. I hope he stays healthy. But the drop dead date on when you have to get your name in on those ballots is, I think, truly rapidly approaching. So that will give us a good indication of whether Biden really plans to run. And I'll just add this. If Biden really liked Kamala Harris, do you think he does, by the way? Do you think Biden actually likes Kamala Harris personally? I'm going to tell you, I have never considered that until this moment. So you're, I, I need to mull it over a little bit. So but well, my, think about it in your head for my a moment inclina- and everybody else, too. My inclination yeah. is no. My inclination yeah. is he does not like her. My inclination yes. is at some level. Remember, Joe, Joe Biden. Yeah, he's an, he's uh, a buffoon, but he's president, and which is crazy. But he's an egomaniac, too. Yeah. Right. He would have to be to be as lacking in skill and talent other than just the talents of being a slimy politician who does whatever the credit card companies want and whatever the Democrat Party makes popular for him in any moment um, or will be popular for him within the party. Uh, Gavin Newsom, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Biden, I think I think he's still sore over uh, the treatment he got from Kamala on stage that time because that was a real legacy tarnishing moment yeah. and i know a lot of democrats want to pretend like that didn't happen but you know clay i mean you know what this is like we see this in politics you can say a lot of things about other people in your party and let bygones be bygones but if you stand up on stage and call joe biden a racist i don't know if i don't know if joe biden lets that one go so i don't think he likes her i don't yeah, think he likes her i think that's right and that's why I would say this. I don't get the sense that Biden likes Kamala. I think it's a political marriage, not a true rapprochement where they enjoy spending time with each other. I think sometimes presidents and vice presidents really do get along and they make a good team. Other times, I, I, I think it's it's clearly a union of political necessity. So the point I make with that is this. Gavin Newsom raises an interesting question about the deadlines of these primaries and when they would need to be fit in order to have an actual uh, contested primary. But if Biden doesn't drop out, and I, and when I say drop out, just announce that he's not going to run in 2024. If he really liked Kamala Buck, he could wait until just before uh, the convention or something like that and say, hey, I'm not going to run Kamala Harris is the choice. She's the standard bearer going forward. And there would be popular acclamation, and I don't think anybody would be able to oppose Kamala Harris. I don't get the sense that that is the way Joe Biden feels about Kamala Harris. So I feel like still, if he's not going to run, he doesn't want to give her that gilded pathway where she is his deputy and he basically bestows upon her the mantle of Democrat nominee. So I think if Biden, and this is why I keep saying, if Biden is going to drop out, it has to happen in the next few months where he says, I'm not going to run, because I don't think he wants Kamala as his successor. I think our, our friend Ryan Gerdusky on his Substack did a piece and, and his analysis of just the filing deadlines and, and all the rest of it was, if you don't have a change in place by December, yeah, um, which is what by, we by said. By Christmas. Yeah. yeah. By Christmas, which makes sense. Just ba- if you were to sort of guess, you're like, well, it's kind of got to be done before uh, next year starts. If it's not done by Christmas, it's not happening. And then the only way you're going to have something else would be some kind of a crazy floor fight at the Democrat 
national which would be convention. amazing television. I mean, it would be amazing television, but I mean, you know, that's a that's a total mess. And I I think increasingly, I mean, Clay, Fetterman won independence. Yeah, I think everyone needs to needs to remember this for a second. You know, I, I understand it's a little bit of a dynamic that plays out here, where Mr. Clay is sunshine and rainbows, and I'm a little more storm clouds on this stuff sometimes. But Fetterman won independent voters in Pennsylvania, despite what we saw, which we don't even have to ever knows, right? We just you can't know speak. That the His brain is, doesn't work. I mean, he's yes. profoundly unwell. If Joe Biden is alive throughout 2024, the Democrats are going to stick with him. Meaning, you know, unless he has a, a, a serious health issue, health condition, um, and, or, and, or, you know, heaven forbid, but some, he's old. I mean, he is, you know, it's, it's different when you're talking about a president who's 60. Okay. It just is. This guy's yeah. really old. And I, I just think that they're, they're going to end up sticking with him because the machinery in place is to defeat Trump and hold Trump as the great, you know, the great evil, the Satan that is going to destroy America. And I don't think that they believe the candidate quality really. I think it's hard to argue that when you're facing Trump, the Democrats think candidate quality really matters um, when they had Joe Biden in the first place. Now, the I understand the counter to this argument is it was 2020. It was crazy. You know, you can't replicate it and, and the rigging and all the. OK, fine. But I, I, I still don't see how Democrats. I mean, let me ask you, let, let's get down to brass tacks here. Is Gavin Newsom basically full of it still in your mind when he says this? Is he still full of it for 2024? I'm having to come to grips with these comments live on the air, right? Because I, I, I know he's I, grieving. I, yeah, I'm grieving a little bit. I was thinking we were going to have a nice Napa, um, red wine, just, you know, kind of talk over things. Maybe some camembert, you know, some of those little yeah. crackers. Uh, at crudite, if you want to mm. reference the, uh, the, uh, the Pennsylvania Senate campaign. Um, I believe that he is bluffing. I think yeah. the best way to get a job that you want is to pretend that you don't want it and that he is kind of still that snake in the grass for the Democrats waiting. We need to get Ryan uh Gerdusky, who does really good data analysis and everything else, to actually come on at some point, maybe next week, Buck, to give us these dates so we can start to look and put them on our calendar and kind of keep them in contemplation, both you and me and everybody out there listening because I looked at that Democrat debate, sorry, the Republican debate. I think there are five, six candidates that could comfortably beat Joe Biden. Other than Gavin Newsom, I don't think the Democrats have a good bench. I, that's why I keep coming back to Does him. Does their bench matter? Well, that's the scary. I'm, I'm not convinced. That's the, that's the dark your perspective yes, is that it truly doesn't matter. This is the Fetterman effect. Yeah. Fetterman is the, I mean, we needed that Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz isn't perfect, but hold on a second. He's a super smart, super successful guy. I know he's not, you know, the longest conservative credentials, you know, but I, I've been a conservative since I was 16 as my entire life record yeah. shows. And if I say anything on this show, someone was like, are you, are you sounding like a rhino? I'm like, I mean, how much more right wing can I be? Um, so I'm willing to say Dr. Oz, yeah, he's not, he's not me. But he would have I mean, been got, infinitely better for everybody in the state of Pennsylvania than John Fetterman on a purely objective basis, just in terms of being able to do the job for which he and, was attempting to gain. And why did 
Pennsylvania elect Fetterman, Pennsylvania does a better job. The Democrat Party in that state has a registration advantage, does early voting, has just a better get-out-the-vote machinery, everything. They have it set up. They are outplaying. They have it. It's what's the thing? The playbook, like your yeah. book. Yeah. The thing I was going to say, the thing that coaches have, yeah. where they make all the squiggly lines. They, they have a better, better playbook. They are better at that. Eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. Do you believe Gavin Newsom when he says he's out for twenty twenty four, or is this a head fake? Light up those lines on this Friday, my friends. Innovation Refunds has been helping small businesses get a tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit, or the ERC. This is the IRS-administered plan for businesses that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. If you own a business with five or more employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. Innovation Refunds is an experienced, credible company. They've earned the highly coveted SOC 2 certification by the American Institute of CPAs. It specifies how trusted organizations should manage customer data with integrity, confidentiality, and privacy. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com or call them to see if you qualify. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Their phone number is 843-REFUNDS. That's 843-REFUNDS or go to innovationrefunds.com. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com slash news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com slash news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back, team. We have our friend Ryan Gerdusky with us. Mr. Gerdusky has a phenomenal sub stack that you should all subscribe to. We just, we name checked him before. He happened to be listening, Clay. 
Yes. So he goes, hey, I'll call it and talk to you guys about this. So Ryan's Substack <laughs> is the National Populist Newsletter. Ryan, can we first deal with what's going on with Gavin Newsom saying he's stepping out? Is this for real? Yeah, I, it's, I've been saying this forever that he had no, that he was not, I mean, he's an interest in probably running for president. But in America in 2023, the Democratic Party is not going to bypass the first BIPOC female vice president in favor of a straight white guy. It's just not it's not going to happen. So I I never had much assumption that it was going to happen. And plus, I know a lot of like very active Democrats. None of them had uh, had Newsom as the backup if Biden or Harris couldn't run. They all want either Gretchen Whitmer or Jared Polis, or the governor of Illinois. I mean, they, they had a million other people. The only person who ever won a Newsome president or talked about it was Republicans. Okay, so let's go into the timeline here. Buck and I have a debate, stake bet, over whether or not Biden is going to run for re-election in 2024. A lot of people out there will recall, if you're history people, some of you are old enough, you were sitting and you were watching it at the time, that... LBJ famously announced he wouldn't run for re-election in 1968 during, I think it was the summer, or maybe it was the spring of 68. I don't have that in front of me right now. March of 68, all right, is when LBJ in 68 said, I'm not going to run, won't be the nominee. Then shortly thereafter, uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was killed, uh, Martin Luther King was killed, like all that's going on. That was a crazy year. What would the timeline look like if Joe Biden were not going to run? In your mind, Ryan, what would that need to look like if he wants an open primary? And then if he also just wanted, by popular acclamation effectively, to deputize Kamala Harris and make her the nominee? How would you assess the timeline? Well, it, it, by December, I forget the exact date, I think it's December 13th or 14th, that is when the ballot access closes. So within, what is that, four months from now? That is three months, basically time. three months from now. If we're sitting, you yeah. know, in er, the three months in mid, early to mid December is when you're saying if you want to be on the ballot and have a truly contested primary, that's when Biden would need to announce that he wasn't running. Correct. So Biden would have to do it within the next three months to have an actual primary. Let's say Biden goes to the primary process, is the nominee, and then something happens and he can't run. Then the Democrat, the DNC, um, and the delegates and the governors select the nominee. They are not going to pass a person on the ticket for somebody who is not on the ticket. Now they may select a new vice president, and that might yeah, they will, and they'll, that will be the fight. But they're not going to tell Kamala, "Hey, guess what? You're like you know Julie Lewis Dreyfus and Veep, and you're not getting it again." It's just not going. To happen, especially considering, she, and, and I know she's unpopular. Democrats know she's unpopular, but it would be at a very, very, very big kick in the face to the most loyal group of Democrats, which are black women, that the first female black Asian vice president ever is going to miss the opportunity to be, to be president because they're going to pick a straight white guy who has never been on a ballot nationally. Hey, Ryan, what do you make of the polls? I mean, they're clearly bad, right? Because even CNN and CBS News and such were saying, like, this is not good polls for Biden we're seeing right now. But how do you read them? What does it tell you about, you know, things like uh, independence, the suburban mom, or not suburban mom, suburban women specifically? How do you see 
this bad week of polling for Biden. I think he's at, what was he, Clay, 41% approval, something like that? 39%. Oh, 39. 39. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. No, Biden's in a very, very bad place, much worse than he than a lot of Democrats assumed that he would be in. So there's two major polls, the CNN poll and the Wall Street Journal poll. Uh, CNN had him losing to Trump by one. Wall Street Journal had him tied. They're both very accredited polls. Um, but Wall Street Journal doesn't have exit polls. CNN did. So I tied through the exit, through the uh, through the cross tabs. And something that stuck out to me with this poll is it, and I looked at other state polls that have come out in the last month. What it looks like to me is this looks a lot like 2022 in the sense that if you look at state polls over the last month, Biden's numbers are down significantly in places like California, New York, New Jersey, where he has not collapsed, where his numbers have not collapsed significantly in states that are overwhelmingly white and black, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, uh, New Hampshire, states where 90 percent plus of the electorate will either be blacks or whites. That is where Biden's numbers have not gone down pretty much at all. Um, in California, for example, which is a Biden plus 29 state, the L.A. Times had a poll this week. It was Biden plus 20 in New York, a Biden plus 23 state. Uh, the Siena poll from two weeks ago had Biden plus 13. These are massive double-digit losses in big blue states, primarily because Hispanics and Asians have fled the Democratic Party over issues like crime. Um, where we're not seeing it, these numbers match at all in a change would be like in Emerson. It's New Hampshire was Biden plus seven. Uh, Michigan, epic poll, Biden plus one, which was a Biden plus one state. Franklin Marshall, Pennsylvania, Biden plus two. It was a Biden plus one state. Uh, Virginia, Biden plus nine. It was a Biden plus 10 state. In these states, it is stagnant. And when you look at the cross tabs of the CNN poll, now they don't break it down by race as far as like Hispanic or Asian go, but they say non-white, white. The non-white numbers for Biden have gone down significantly. It's D plus 26. It should be like D plus 40, D plus 45. Um, but where it is very strong for Biden is among college-educated whites against Trump, D plus 14, uh, where it is among very strong for Biden also is among independents, it's D plus 9. These were the poll, these were the voters that helped elect John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. These are the voters that prevented Republicans from winning a lot of congressional districts in suburban counties. Uh, so this poll is very bad for Biden. He is not sitting comfortably in any way, shape, or form. Is this, should Republicans sit back for the next year and a half and say, we got this in the bag? No. What could very well happen is blue cities um, outside of Newark, outside of uh, New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, could see, could see voters once again continuing to move more Republican um, in places like the Bronx, in places like Cicero, Illinois, in places like Los Angeles and Beverly Hills. They'll continue to move more Republican, but that won't matter as those places are you know, non-competitive, ultimately statewide. Okay, so this is fascinating. I love when you kind of dive into the data. What would jump out to me about what you said is – First of all, obviously, we don't know who officially the nominee is going to be. So I'm curious Correct. how you would yeah. assess, you know, the Republican nominee in terms of the likelihood of winning. And so part one of this is Nikki Haley, for instance, in that CNN poll plus six. Uh, how would you assess Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, uh, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy compared to Trump in the event that Biden is going to be the nominee? That's part one. But 
maybe I want to start with this part two with you, which is what you just said would suggest to me that there may be a real opportunity for Republicans to win Nevada, to win certainly Arizona, which both have substantial Hispanic communities, given the fact that we're seeing Hispanic movement towards Trump. Does it put New Mexico at all in play? Obviously, a lot of focus on the Rust Belt, Georgia, New Hampshire. But when you see the Southwest and you see Biden losing some of that support outside of the traditional white-black window, am I crazy or is the Southwest in play for Republicans? So let's talk about Nikki Haley for a second. The reason that Haley was up plus six is because among college-educated whites, she was up plus uh, eight, as opposed to Trump, who was losing them by 14. So the, the entire swing for people like Nikki Haley is completely because... Do you of think that's real? Whites. Do you think that's real, by the way, that college-educated whites like Nikki Haley a lot more than they like Trump, I or do you think that's a statistical is, anomaly? I think there's a definite demographic that like candidates who, one... Speak closer towards the middle on abortion, which Nikki Haley does. She does have girl boss vibes, which definitely signals a lot of people who, you know, want to have a female vice president possibly there. And she hasn't been mired in some of the uglier culture war fights over the last year. She's basically been almost completely unnoticed. She is very much what a generic Republican like John Kasich would have looked like in 2016. I think the longer people hear about her, those numbers might change. But that, I think that's partially uh, part of the reason why. Um, you know, Nikki Haley does not have a huge name ID. Um, DeSantis does better with college-educated whites as well. That's why uh, he just has lower overall name ID. Um, so he's tied with Biden as opposed to Trump, who's getting by one. But it's all insignificant. But among college-educated whites, everyone performs better than Trump. Uh, and that's just, I mean, Trump supporters might not like that uh, number, but that is exactly the truth. And they all basically perform as well or better with Trump uh, among non-college educated whites. This group that apparently Trump could only win, which was, you know, what Trump supporters like to sit there and say is not true. Glenn Youngkin won non-college educated whites by larger margins than Trump did in Virginia. DeSantis did in Florida. There's been uh, the governor DeWine is in Ohio. So, I mean, there's a lot to sit there and say uh, when it comes to the, the idea that only Trump can win this portion of voters. Uh, when, when the question of can the Southwest change, New Mexico would take a large, large poll to sit there and make that competitive. Colorado is, you know, gone. Nevada uh, has a chance. Arizona has a chance. But let's say you do the Southwest, uh, you know, ch- uh, ch- you try to win the Southwest states and by catering heavily to Hispanics, and you put more emphasis in places like Arizona, Nevada, Texas, New Mexico. Even if they, a Republican were to sweep Arizona and Nevada, I think New Mexico might be too heavy of a lift. Um, it's worth 17 electoral college votes. They, you're not going to win the presidency like that. There's the, the states that really do matter are still racially binary states. North Carolina, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, New Hampshire. Yeah, those are all... 90% black white states when it comes to the voting electorate. The rest of where the Hispanics live mostly are in very non-competitive states right now. Um, the ones who are competitive, Florida is slightly competitive, I guess. Texas is a very, very important. Arizona and Nevada. Uh, Republicans can't afford to lose uh, the two states they're most likely to win there and they need to win Arizona back. And at the same exact time, the fight will be completely in the Rust Belt, and in New Hampshire and North Carolina. What, real, real quick, Ryan, before we let you go, and I just would, again, say Ryan's National Populist Newsletter on Substack, if you go to substack.com. I'm a subscriber. I think he does a great job. 
Um, do the Democrats think that if they had to, they could make Kamala win in 2024 if Biden did have to? St- Let's say Biden had a health, a true health issue. Do you think they're confident that they could push, they could kind of do the Fetterman routine and just the candidate doesn't matter? I mean, look, I, I think that the Fetterman routine it matters who you're running opposed to. Does it? Does the does the Republican candidate energize people to show up against them? What is working in Republicans' favor is the economy is garbage. Everyone knows it. And Biden, for example, is not. And Biden's not. Doesn't seem to be healthy. And Kamala is not likable. The thing that is working against the Republicans uh, is this mere demographics of the country changing. Probably a two million Trump, a million to two million Trump voters have passed away since the last election. Millions of Gen Zs who will be first time voters are overwhelmingly Democrat. Millions of immigrants who have been legalized are overwhelmingly Democrat or they went through the naturalization process. That's working in Democrats favor. Now, shifts and shifts in Hispanics, shifts in Asians, shifts in working class people, they matter significantly. But a lot of this fight will be on. Do college-educated white people, are they motivated to sit there, white college-educated white people in the suburbs, are they motivated by hatred of a certain candidate to sit there and vote against them, or will the talk about issues matter more than this? Ryan Gerdusk, everybody. Ryan, thanks for on-the-spot analysis, my friend. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Look, it takes a lot to write a book. Many more hours than you'd think. I know about this. I'm going through it right now. And Clay, well, he just had his book come out. It's a grind, but it's a labor of love. We welcome our friend Dutch Mendenhall to the Writers Club. By day, he's the co-founder and CEO of Rad Diversified and the president of the Alternative Investment Association. And now he's become the author of a new book titled Money Shackles. That's a term he coined for the financial hamstrings that many Americans face. It's debt, student loans, car loans, home mortgages. Each of them he views as burdens. He believes it's the wrong thought, however, for you to not understand how best to handle this kind of debt. He'll give you his strategies to use debt to your advantage. So use debt in the way you should use it and tap into alternative lucrative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history. Get ready for his redefined American dream with money shackles. Learn more at therad.com. That's T-H-E-R-A-D, therad.com. Break free from your money shackles. Go to therad.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday as we roll through the program and send you off into the weekend. We have only one guest today. She is Carrie Lake. We've been looking forward to talking to her for a while. And I'll start off with this. I saw you in Milwaukee. I know you were in town for the debate, uh, Carrie. And I asked you this then, so I'm going to lead off with it right now. Do you expect at some point to announce the run for the Senate in Arizona? Is it something that you are deeply considering? Uh, how is that process going? Well, yes, you did ask me that. I mean, it was it was like a hey, nice to meet you. Are you going to yeah. run for Senate? 
<laughs> Not even any pleasantries, Clay. I was like, let's have a conversation. Hold on. Hold on. I think, to be fair, I said that of all the candidates who ran in 2022, because I had not met you in person, we'd had you a bunch on the show, I said that I thought you ran the best campaign, and that's something that I've said on this show for a long time, and you were a great guest as well. So I did say that, but then I, you're right. I immediately jumped in and said, okay, give me the give me the gossip. Are you going to run? So I'll start off with the same question uh, that I've still got. Uh, tell me about Arizona. Tell me about the Senate idea. Oh, well, uh, you're right. You you were very complimentary, and thank you. We did run an incredible campaign, a very positive campaign filled with um, common sense solutions to the problems that Arizona has had for a long time. And unfortunately, the uh, status quo politician never seems to be able to solve them because they're more interested in having a long political career than they are helping the people. And um, like I said, solving some of these easily solvable issues. They're not impossible. So thank you for the complimentary uh, words. Um, I'm really considering it. And we, we spoke about this in Milwaukee. We have an opportunity to pick up a Senate seat and put an America First Republican in that Senate seat and send an America First Republican back to Washington, D.C. to actually help uh, propel President Trump's Agenda 47, which is, I believe, the answer to getting us out of the mess that Joe Biden and this corrupt administration has inflicted on America and, frankly, on the world. So we're running, uh, we would be running against a couple of hardcore leftists, uh, Kirsten Cinema who has now tried to become a chameleon and act like she's an independent when she's the furthest thing from it. She votes in, in lockstep with Joe Biden. And then you mentioned him, um, Ruben Gallego, who is a socialist Democrat hinging on a Marxist. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. That's exactly who he is. And you look at his voting record and the things he's done and failed to do in D.C. So I'm giving it a lot of thought. I will probably be making a decision here in the next month or so. And um, if I decide to jump in, I will jump in with the intention to win and go to D.C., represent the good people of Arizona. And rather than getting in the way of President Trump and his great agenda, like so many uh, senators and congressmen have done over the uh, last several years, I will actually help support that agenda because it is chock full of great solutions to some of the really serious problems we're facing. Okay, well, we'll convey an invite because we've got a monster audience all over the state of Arizona, and we love everybody <laughs> out there listening. I believe we're number one in Phoenix. If and when you decide to announce for the Senate, we would love to have you partially do so on this program. So open invite to you in the event that decision is made. I appreciate that. I, I will note that and um, truly, really consider it. You guys have a great show. You have been you know, broadcasters and commentators for a long time, and you understand where the people are. So thank you, thank you for that. So, Carrie, um, Arizona's got some problems, as I understand it, with how it runs elections. There are some issues. You, you know quite a bit about this. <laughs> Understatement um, of the century. Yeah. Um, and so I, I often get uh, with this audience, you know, we have to, we're, we're always doing a few things at the same time. We're talking about what's going on now, where we're going, how we get to the place as a country we want to get to and what it requires. And with that in mind, people will write in or they'll call in and they'll say, Buck, you and Clay are trying to get us fired up, focused on the issues, do what you can from the grassroots, uh, grassroots level, get out there and, and try to deliver this country back into the hands of uh, America First governance. But Arizona's broken. 
What are we doing to fix Arizona? We'll get this email. We'll get these calls. You would know. Is it fixed? Is it still a problem? Are we going to have any issues in 2024, whether it's for president or Senate seats or whatever, when it comes to elections in your home state? Well, thank you for asking that question. So many people shy away from talking about our broken election system, and I applaud you for even having the courage to bring it up because it it is courage now to be in broadcasting and bring up the very fact that our elections are broken. They're fraught with fraud, and they're being rigged around this country. We saw it in 2020, and Republicans know it. Independents even believe it. A great number, 60% of independents say our elections are broken and fraught with fraud, and even 40 plus percent of Democrats believe it as well. So we passed a tipping point where the majority of Americans say we've got to reform our elections. It's not comfortable being um, on the front lines of the election integrity fight because you get called names. But I frankly, you know, I'm 54. I don't care what names they call me. I'm a middle-aged woman. Call me whatever you want. I just want to have a country for my children to grow up in. So we are getting victories. There was just a court victory in the last week about these um, election uh, mail-in ballots when it comes to the signature verification that they have to go now when they match these signatures. They have to be matched with the signature that you put on your voter registration because they're pulling signatures from God knows where and matching them, or not even matching them at all, as we've proven. They take two seconds or one second to match a signature. That's not even time to take a look and compare. So we are continuing to fight, Buck. We have several court cases, including one that's moving into the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, trying to get rid of these uh, disgusting voting machines that are made. The components of them are made by our adversaries. The uh, manufacturers won't even show, open up the hood and show us what's underneath and show us how they work. And we know that they can be uh, programmed and corrupted. We have proof of that. So we're pushing that case forward. I have another case that I'm fighting in Maricopa County, and a judge just gave us a two-day trial to get a hold of the envelopes that people mail back their ballots in to show and prove again that the there are no signatures on these or they are not matched signatures. I think when the people of Arizona and this country realize how much fraud is tied up in these mail-in ballots, they are going to be horrified. And I'm also being sued by a government official, an election uh, official, an elected official for defamation for having the courage to speak out. So I'm, I'm continuing to move forward with these election cases in going forward so that 24 we do have a fair election. And we're also going to push um, for injunctive relief to uh, have oversight with these people. We can't have the same corrupt people running our elections again in 24. But I think something interesting may happen, and I was just reading about this today, and maybe you've already talked about it. RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is talking about running as a third-party candidate. That's going to make it really hard. When there's three people, three parties running in any election, whether it be the Senate seat in Arizona, the, uh, the presidency, it makes it a lot harder for these people to cheat because they don't know what's going to be on the inside of the ballot. It might be a, a Democrat voting, but that Democrat might be voting independent this time around to vote for RFK Jr. So I think we're going to see some dynamics in this election that's going to make it harder for them to cheat. And we're going to work through the court system to also make it harder for them to cheat. Carrie, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, are you going to be in Iowa some with President Trump for this Iowa-Iowa state trip? For people out there who don't know, 
one of the biggest and best college football rivalries in all the country is the Cyhawk Trophy game between Iowa and Iowa State. We appreciate everybody listening in Iowa right now as well. I know President Trump's going to that game. I think that's brilliant. That's probably the best single event you can go to in Iowa for the entire fall. Uh, I know the, the the fair is a big deal, but in the fall, I mean, everybody's going to be there. Everybody's paying attention. Uh, Buck, this would be a fun game for us to go to sometime. I've never been. I'd love to go. Uh, and as a part of that, Carrie, if you're going to run in the Senate, obviously, not only do we need you to win and Republicans to take back that Senate seat, also Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is would have to win in Arizona. How much of a tandem campaign do you think you could run and how powerful would that be? Well, let me first start. Um, I'm going to take you back to the beginning of that question. The Cyhawk game is one of the great games. I, You know, I grew up in Iowa. That's right. Uh, That's right. You're a University uh, of Iowa graduate, right? You're a proud Hawkeye? I'm a Hawkeye, and I I hope and pray the Hawkeyes win. I I know I may have just made a bunch of Cyclone fans mad, but that's okay. Uh, And I've I've been communicating with President Trump. I told him, play it safe and wear a gold or yellow tie. Don't go red this time, because then all the University of Iowa fans will think you're rooting for the Cyclones. Oh, yeah. So I think it's a brilliant play. It is, it's not only one of the great rivalries in football. The entire state of Iowa pays attention to that game. They either go to the game, they watch it on TV, they pay attention to that game. If you could reach every single Iowan in one fell swoop, it would be by going to this game. So I think it's a brilliant move by President Trump to go to that game. It's a brilliant political move. He'll have a great time. The people of Iowa are um, just the most incredible, nice people you'll ever meet. And so uh, I give him uh, very high marks for going to that. I hope that deep down he's rooting for the Hawkeyes, but he'll probably <laughs> play it safe and just be rooting for Iowa. Um, now, running a tandem um, campaign, I'm going to do whatever I can to help President Trump win. And it's because I recognize the moment we are finding ourselves in in history. This is a pivotal moment in American history and, frankly, in human history. And we know that President Trump can do the job. He can withstand the nonstop attacks because he's proven that he's almost a giant when it comes to um, handling these attacks. And he can get in there and turn things around. We've seen him do it already. He had an incredible four years. I mean, they had to stop him by rolling out COVID and um, rolling out huge uh, mail-in ballots and trying to steal an election. That's how they had to stop him. He's that powerful and that much of a threat to the corrupt political machine that uh, is Washington, D.C. That's why Dick Cheney, by the way, says he's a threat. He's a threat to Dick Cheney's way of life. He's a threat to Dick Cheney's political machine, which is a warmongering machine. Remember, guys, it was three years ago, I think, next week on the 15th, that President Trump signed the amazing Abraham Accords and brought peace to the Middle East, something that we were told was never going to be possible. He did that with a nonstop incoming from people, including in his own party, and against all odds, created the Abraham Accords, which I think uh, he really earned a Nobel Peace Prize for, although I don't think he'll ever get one because that's a pretty corrupt entity. So we know that President Trump can do the job. Uh, I will not change. If I do run, I'm going to run the way I have always run and the way I ran for governor with common sense approach to our problems. These are not solutions that are Republican solutions. These are solutions that are putting America first, putting Arizona first. And we have too many politicians in D.C. 
who really don't care about America. We've seen time and time again they actually are voting against America. They're voting for a wide open border. They're voting to send our treasure to Ukraine, another billion dollars being sent to Ukraine. Meanwhile, Americans are suffering. That last amount of money they poured into Ukraine, guess how much money was poured into the border at that time? Zero. And we have a wide open border and we have an infiltration and an invasion at our border and we're going to lose our country. And so I'm going to just fight every day if I decide to run. Uh, and I'm also going to be fighting to help President Trump win because I believe he is the man who can help save America and, and really save Amer uh, the world. Because if America falls, uh, there's not much hope for the world. Carrie Lake, everybody who might be announcing a Senate run on this program <laughs> in the near future. Thank you, Carrie. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. God bless you both, and go Hawkeyes. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, Clay, I'm just, I have to say, my beloved Hawkeyes, I'm really excited about their offense. However, I'm also really looking forward to seeing what their defense can pull together. I'm on the over for the gamblers out there. This guy, I've never been to this game in person. I've watched a lot of them. This is a bucket list rivalry game for me to get to go see it at some point. I'm going to get there. There's a large group of savvy computer experts that make their income illegally. Cyber hackers, my friends, they break into companies' computer systems and steal their data. It's a dark revenge of the nerds kind of plot. Their mission is simple. After stealing large quantities of personal data, they pretend to be other people like you and open bogus accounts, buy items online, and work hard to transfer money illegally all without getting caught. Working anonymously online, hiding between, uh, hiding behind their keyboards, it's easy for them to pull this off. The victims, people like you and me, we won't know when it happens, and it's weeks, often months, before the companies admit that they've been the victims of a data breach. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your identity is much easier with LifeLock by Norton. When you become a LifeLock member, you get the benefit of their online systems that scan billions of transactions and new account openings weekly. They're looking for evidence that your info is suddenly in the wrong hands. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Buck, as the promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use my name as the promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Third hour of Clay and Buck. A perfect, a perfect hour coming your way. Probably the best hour ever. Before you go off for your weekend, it's going to be phenomenal. I've got a lot to talk to you about here. Clay and I are fired up. Some things in the sports world, which I am, I will tell you, my wife is shocked because this week I'm actually a guy who is sitting down on a couch and watching for more than five minutes sports because I like the U.S. Open. So, you know, I have my, I have my sports weaknesses. This is going to blow your mind, Buck. I have not watched one minute of the U.S. Open. This might be the first time that you have watched a sporting event that I have not. I mean, I've seen the highlights, but I haven't sat down and watched one moment of the U.S. Open. I, I don't even know what to say about that other than you're missing out. It's been a great one this year. Um, I went last year. I took my mom actually. Yeah, we had a great I remember. time. My mom, uh, is, we had so much fun at the Open. I think it was Serena Williams' last game we saw, her last professional match. So, anyway, um, a lot going on in the realm of sports, which we'll get into. Uh, but I wanted to start with this one. There was a moment, you don't usually see this in sports, um, and I, w- I was watching live at the time, and during one of, uh, during one of the matches, I believe it was, uh, Coco Golf's match, uh, who's now in the final, uh, she's 19 years old, uh, she's, uh, American, black, just a superstar in the making here, <clears throat> who's, you know, I think gonna be, uh, you're gonna see a lot more of her if you follow tennis, uh, and she's doing a phenomenal, a, a phenomenal job. Anyway, she, she had to walk off court for a second, Clay, um, and she addressed with her team, that there was some kind of negotiation going on with with event security because you had a bunch of climate extinction lunatics a bunch of climate extinction lunatics had super glued their feet to the ground in the stands and started screaming stuff I mean what they scream is you know is irrelevant but these are the people who decide that they have made a 
uh, that their their course in life now has to be to do the most annoying things possible to get attention for themselves. Um, they they've done this. They did this. Uh, I think it was climate extinction lunatics who blocked the road into Burning Man, which was kind of funny because you had a bunch of uh, climate worshippers on the way to a like pagan bacchanal. And then you had climate protesters blocking their way on, on the road. Um, but these are the most annoying people, I think, in many ways on the planet. Almost as annoying as people that believe in masking still. And I think, Clay, it's interesting to see that there's no mockery of them, uh, among Democrats. They do, they will not mock them. They will not make fun of this because as crazy as the climate extinction people are, and remember, they're saying we're all going to die. That's why it's climate extinction. The whole world is going to end and we're all going to die. Humanity will go extinct if we don't, you know, ride bicycles to work every day. I mean, just whatever. Tell China to stop producing all the CO2 it does, which is never going to happen. Clay, they're, they're essentially the shock troops of the climate movement, the most annoying, stupid people on the planet. Yeah, and and that was bad. One, I, I, on part of me, at least it's not priceless works of art that they're gluing themselves to or throwing uh, different uh, objects onto and actually trying to deface and destroy, so that's at least a positive. But did you see that uh, Coco de Goff, the, uh, I think I got her name right, and this is one where you Coco may have Goff, to... yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, she said that she wasn't upset because she agreed with their political protest. Did you see no. those quotes? Oh, yeah, I'm going to make sure I read no. those for you. After I all actually, the nice things I said about her tennis, oh, my God. Yes, uh, and I'm going to read you some of these quotes. This is why I don't want sports, everybody. It's why I don't do it. You cannot trust any of these famous athletes on politics. Well, a few of them you can, but very few. She said, and I, I quote, and maybe we can find, uh, maybe we can find this, this audio because I imagine it's out there. This is a quote from her, and I'm reading from OutKick, because I read about this this morning. I didn't see it happen, but I was like, oh, this is crazy. Throughout history, moments like this are definitely defining moments. I believe in climate change. I don't really know what they were protesting. I know it was about the environment. I 100% believe in that. I think there are things we can do better. I know the tournaments are doing things to do better for the environment. Would I prefer it not happening in my match? 100% yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie, but it is what it is. I wasn't pissed at the protesters. I know the stadium was because it just interrupted entertainment. I always speak about preaching what you feel and what you believe in. It was done in a peaceful way, so I can't get too mad at it. I'm I'm horrified. I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> I thought you I knew those quotes. Like I, I didn't know those quotes. I I you are you. My mind is now. My mind is blown, although not, I mean, I'm not really, I guess, that surprised, you know, athletes weighing, first of all, she's 19 years old. She's very young. Yes. Um, so her knowledge of global climate change, I wouldn't expect. But as, as we recall, Greta Thunberg was 16. Oh, yeah. And traveling the world and lecturing adults on, you know, how dare you and the whole thing. It was absurd, right? Um, wow, that's really disappointing. I it's would almost- say, Buck, this is, this is a good point though on the 19 year olds. This is one of those things that I think is an article of faith with young people in America today. Uh, I see it with my own boys and the kids that are around them. The idea that you could question anything about climate change to them is almost impossible for them to comprehend. It is such an article of faith in the way that they have been raised that climate change is real and that it's going to be massively destructive to uh to their life 
they've bought into the cat- catastrophizing aspects of this story. And so it doesn't honestly surprise me that Coco Goff is how you pronounce her name. It's crazy. I don't, I really don't know much about her. Um, that she would have that perspective because I think it is overwhelmingly the perspective that an average American 19 year old kid, and I still call them kids even though they're technically adults, a 19 year old still kind of a kid to me, that they would have that opinion is not at all surprising. But I, when I saw those quotes, I was reading about it this morning and, uh, and, and I thought, man, I've never heard of a protest shutting down a tennis match like this and the athlete being like, yeah, basically I agree with the protesters. I, I, it's funny. We didn't, we didn't plan this out beforehand. I was just going to talk about the Biden administration now shutting down, um, a whole, a, a massive, let me see the, uh, they have a huge massive part of Alaska. Yeah. Huge part of, of, I guess it's Anwar, right? Where they're, here we go. Biden administration, Biden, uh, freezes the interior secretary. Deb Holland is freezing. A huge part of Anwar, limiting development on 13 million acres in the state's National Petroleum Reserve. And uh, what was interesting, and the Wall Street Journal was teeing off on this, um, the Biden administration is saying that the Interior Secretary, Deb Holland, has to rely on, quote, indigenous knowledge of the science to block this drilling. Indigenous, Indigenous knowledge, knowledge of the science of the is science. an amazing phrase. Um, I, I didn't even know that that was based on the best. This, here's the quote based on the best available science and in recognition of indigenous knowledge. I'm like, what is indigenous knowledge? I mean, is it science is science, right? So if the indigenous knowledge includes something that is scientific, that would just make it science. We don't have Japanese science and American science. We don't have Russian science and Brazilian science. There's just science. But in the case of this, to to sort of create this diversity and inclusion umbrella for blocking a huge amount, 13 million acres in the uh Anwar area. I remember Anwar, Clay, they've been trying to do this. This was like an early episode of The West Wing. You remember this? And you know, the West Wing, the show that was just about how liberals oh, are always yeah. right and care and, and care and and are really educated. I used to and like that show. Just I'm like, not, I'm I just not gonna lie. My Bible. When I was 19, just like Coco Goff, I was like, oh, the West. I was a, a freshman at GW. West Wing, popular show. Everybody watched it. Oh, gosh, Clay's come so far. Makes me so happy. <laughs> so we we look at the. But my point about this was, and I'm still like, I can't believe. Like, just play, just play tennis. Yep. I mean, I, you know, I, I know we're not, like, not allowed to say this to athletes. Like, can you just do the athlete? Because now, if you step into the realm of politics, now we, now you're in our world, right? I don't sit there. Tell, I mean, you know, everyone can have opinions on everything. Fine. But now we have to say, no, that's a really stupid thing to say. And why are people, because people will listen. They're going to listen to, oh, climate change is real and all this stuff. Um, my, my point though about the, uh, about the, and it's, she actually has made the point better than anybody really could have in a sense here. People have paid, and I was just there last year myself, people have paid yep. a lot of money to be there and be in an event. Think of how selfish you have to be, because it was like a 10 or 15 minute, you know, shut down in the match, stopped it, everyone had to go, oh, the police had to come and remove. Think of what a selfish jerk you have to be to think that because you are an emotionally unstable Biden voter, you need to glue your feet to the ground to make a point about what exactly? It's not even like they're saying free our, you know, our buddy who's like a political prisoner somewhere. Like maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not. 
they're ju- they just want attention. This yeah. is this is a malignant narcissism masquerading as a political movement. I think that's well said. Also, I think it's super counterproductive because most people just come for the entertainment. Whether you know the same thing happened at the uh, uh, at the NBA. Guys started gluing themselves to the basketball court, and that was funny because everybody in the NBA wants to be super woke and you know politically active, and then everybody's like, "Can we just play basketball?" You know, you sound like me uh, because that's the argument I've been making for years. The other thing about this is, and I guarantee you this will happen, Buck. I, I go ahead and write this in stone. Somebody in sports media, maybe multiple people, will write a column where they say the proudest moment of Coco Goff's career wasn't advancing to the U.S. Open, and if she wins, the they'll say yeah. it wasn't it wasn't winning the U.S. Open. It was speaking out about the ravages of climate change. Some, okay. one, some sports writer will write that column, I guarantee. I just want to say, I, I was watching this. I was kind of like on and off watching, and I ended up tuning in much more for the later set. I, I thought it was like 15 minutes, because I, I often watch things on delay, because I'm a digital watcher, and I'll fast forward. It was a 49-minute mu- stop and play. So that actually changes the trajectory of the match. Yep. That's unfair to the players. I mean, even five minutes is unfair to the players. Deeply unfair to the players. If I were the girl who lost, I forget, I forget, I think it was, uh, Mucheva, who's a Russian, I think, or, or is from, I forget where she's from, but Mucheva, I think, was the player. Um, if I were the player who lost, I'd be really upset. I think it's unfair that you have your play halted like that. But for the other people, I mean, this is like, this is like when someone gets too drunk, freaks out on a plane, and all of a sudden, instead of everybody going to Barbados, they're heading back to Newark. You know what I mean? It's so selfish and stupid and wrong. And, you know, this player who's now in the U.S. Open final is supportive of it. To your point, brand enhancing for her. Yeah. Overall, corporations, people who write big checks, they're going to say, oh, bigger sponsorship dollars. I will now root against her. I don't even know if she's playing in the final. Actually, no, I do know. She's playing, um, I don't know. Uh, some, she's playing uh, a Russian, I think. Yeah, somebody, another, I, I look, another, another Russian. Another yeah. Russian. I another Russian. I will okay, say I have this. to root for the Americans still, but I'm annoyed that she said these annoying things about climate change. Am I crazy to ask, how do you get the stuff that you can glue yourself to the court to, with into the event? Like, don't you have to go through metal detectors and stuff like, like, wouldn't, it's like, a tube of cl- it's a tube of crazy glue. I don't think that's, that's, is that all they're thing. using? I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never pulled this routine myself. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, pretty crazy well, though. But, but, uh, but can I just point out though, Clay, that while we're at a point that gas prices are still pretty high and everything else, you have these climate lunatic protesters running around. You have Biden's interior secretary, Deb Holland, uh, making moves to make it harder to drill and to get energy. This is one of the, this is one of like the central brain rots of the modern Democrat party. And you'll notice it because no one, you know, comedians or whatever, they won't make fun of the dumbest, most annoying people in political life in the planet. I think right now are climate protesters, the most worthless, the most selfish. It's terrible. Let me also point this out. And I, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Gas prices are going back up as all of this is happening. Yesterday I filled up. Took me over a hundred dollars again to fill up my car. And I know a lot of you out there are nodding along too because the prices are going up in a substantial way all over the country and suddenly those massive gas bills are back like they were last summer 
as we roll into the fall here. One of the best things about stepping out of the shower, wrapping yourself in a cozy, absorbent towel. You don't want one of those flimsy or scratchy towels. You want the luxurious comfort of a MyPillow towel made with USA cotton. Guess what? You're in luck because right now they're on sale at 50% off regular prices. MyPillow towel set comes with two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Usually that retails for $79.98. Right now you can get it at MyPillow.com for an incredible 50% off. Enter our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 for this special. Many more as well. Look forward to getting out of that next shower with the MyPillow towels. MyPillow.com. Enter our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Voices of sanity in an insane world. When I stopped just reading history books and preparing for radio shows and... uh trying to, like, go for walks or get to the gym or something. I spend some time watching the sports on the television, and it all of a sudden crosses over in the world of politics right away. Right in front of me. I didn't even know it, or I found out later on. So the uh, American Coco Goff, who is in the U.S. Open Finals, which is being played tomorrow, I believe, um, in New York City for tennis, uh, she... There was a 49-minute delay because of climate lunatic protesters gluing themselves, and they were shouting and screaming and cursing and doing all the usual stuff. Um, does anyone who's willing to do this kind of stuff, there's a 0% chance that this is someone you would want to like be around and deal with. It's just their annoyingness level must be beyond comprehension for normal people. Um, but Coco Golf is in support of, uh, you know, and I, I think um, I, I got a lot of them, Miss Clay. See, here I am. I thought I could just watch some sports, and now I'm on the political show talking the sports. Here, it's like worlds colliding. Here is Coco Goff talking about the climate uh, extinction protest during the U.S. Open women's uh, semifinal. It is what it is. I think that the moments like this, yeah, are def- history-defining moments. And like I said, I prefer it not to happen in my match, but I wasn't pissed that, you know, the protesters, I mean, I know the st- stadium was because it just interrupted entertainment. But, you know, I always speak about preaching, preaching about what you feel and what you believe in. And it was done in a peaceful way, so I can't get too mad of it. Obviously, I don't want it to happen when I'm up, or winning up 6-4-1-0. I wanted the momentum to keep going. But, hey, if you, that's what they felt that they needed to do to get their voices heard, I can't really get upset at it. I just wonder, Clay, you know, if, if the Chicago Bulls were playing a basketball game at home and I, like, you know, ran out in the middle of the court and, like, super glued my chest to the to the center court because I want to bring attention to the horrific, continuous gun violence in Chicago and people shooting each other in unimaginable numbers weekend after weekend. Would, would people like Coco Golf or other athletes anywhere across the political, I mean, uh, the athletic spectrum, any, any NBA players, would they say, yeah, what he did, I know it's annoying for the people in the stands, but what he did is really meant to save lives and bring attention to an important topic. I just, I'm just putting that out there. No, I mean, and this is when I would blow people's mind back during the Colin Kaepernick protest, which thankfully have essentially ended. Um, but I, I would always say, look, I, I think it's a bad idea to protest anything in uniform at work. I, I, I just think unless you're in the political sphere, you should try to do your best to entertain. And I said, and if you disagree with me, 
imagine what the reaction in San Francisco would have been, and this was before Roe v. Wade was overturned, but I would say, what if Colin Kaepernick took a knee and said he refused to stand for the national anthem because he didn't think abortion should be the law of the land? Or what if he refused to stand for the national anthem because he didn't think that gay marriage should be legal? All of those people in San Francisco who want to make Colin Kaepernick the patron saint of their political beliefs would have immediately demanded that Colin Kaepernick be fired. And it would blow people's mind because most people like free speech when the speech reinforces what they already believe. But as soon as a free speech says something they don't like, well, then it's a threat. It shouldn't be allowed. And this is why you have to stand on principle over politics. And my principle was, yeah, I just I don't care about anybody's politics when I want to watch a sporting event. And I love I didn't even know this was going on till this morning. I got up, I woke up, Buck, and I read about it and I saw it. Um, And I was like, oh, this sounds like it was kind of crazy. I, I went to a seventh graders football game last night. And then we went to dinner right afterwards, and then I watched the NFL game between the Lions and the Chiefs, which I imagine a lot of our listeners did who are NFL fans uh, and or sports fans. But I bet there was a lot of people watching that tennis match, too. And this is what I've always said. Like, you don't – if I come to watch Spider-Man, I don't watch Spider-Man to come out before the movie and say, hey, guys – I just want to tell you about what I think about the Ukraine war. Like, I, I, I appreciate it, Spider-Man. Like, you're entitled to your opinion. I came to watch you, like, throw webs and catch bad guys. Uh, and, and I feel the same way about entertainment in general. And anything that takes me out of enjoying the match, 49 minutes is yeah. a long time that it took to get these idiots, like, cleaned off the court. That, that's bonkers. I would be furious if that happened and I was there. I remember um, there was an incident in D.C. in the Trump administration, and this happened a number of times, um, but this one particularly stuck out of my mind, where a bunch of Antifa-style maniacs, um, Antifa-style maniacs are uh, going after Ted Cruz. And um, they're going after Ted Cruz, and the restaurant, Felt so badly because Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz left. The restaurant felt so badly that they decided, um, to bring Senator Ted Cruz back and like, you know, make, make it all better because they felt like they had an yeah. obligation to him as a customer in that situation. I think it was Fiola in DC that did this. I might have the uh, Fiola Mare. I, I could be wrong. I think that was the restaurant in DC. So pardon me if I got that wrong, but. I remember that and thinking, yeah, that's your, that's kind of your obligation to the customer. Okay. If you're at the U.S. Open, some people have paid everyone for this kind of a match. You're paying hundreds of dollars per seat and some people are paying thousands of dollars per seat. And for your enjoyment and your situation to be interrupted by, you know, 49 minutes, the stadium seems to know that that's, they have an obligation to try to have a good event and a good time for all who are, all who are there. I think the athletes should feel that way, too. I think the athletes should be like, guys, people came out to pay money to see us play great tennis. They didn't come out to see your stupid politics. Do that crap somewhere else. So I yeah. totally disagree. Yeah, and and the fact that she came out and endorsed it, unfortunately, on some level, probably emboldens these guys to take action like this going forward. And by the way, I don't think it's just athletics. The other analogy I used to love is, hey, if you're going out to McDonald's, 
imagine if you walk up to the front desk at McDonald's and you say, hey, I'd like to order a Big Mac. A lot of you probably are ordering Big Macs across the country right now during your lunch break, right? Go through the drive through whatever it is. And when you get up there to get your Big Mac, if the person working there said, hey, here's your hamburger, but just so you know, meat is murder. I'll be like, yeah, you know what? I kind of just wanted a hamburger. I didn't want to know your personal opinion on whether or not it's okay to kill animals, right, to eat them. And if that happened, I think McDonald's would fire the worker. And it would be justified. And every one of you out there would nod along and say, yeah, you know, if you're an anti-meat person, McDonald's probably not the best place for you to work. Part of the job is you're going to have to pass hamburgers to customers and they don't want to hear meat's murder. Um, and I just, I think we've lost our way um, in the way that that is discussed. And I think social media buck has made it so that it's you feel like you have to weigh in on every topic. A lot of these athletes do. And I think in the process, what they're slowly learning is they're alienating substantial segments of people that would otherwise love them. I still think the smartest quote of the modern sports era, and I wrote my last book using this quote, Michael Jordan, when asked why he didn't get political, said, Republicans buy sneakers too. And as a result, Michael Jordan is, as I speak to you today, the most popular American athlete in the entire country still, and he's been retired for 20 years because everybody could see some version of themselves in him. What he sold was his excellence on the basketball court, not his opinions off of it. And most people want to buy in to excellence on the court. Now, sometimes, like, look, it becomes so intertwined. I give credit. Novak Djokovic is still alive in the U.S. Open, right, Buck? He spoke out on the COVID shot, but they made him have to do that because he otherwise wasn't going to be eligible to play. Last year, he couldn't come to the U.S. Open. He took a stand, but that directly related to his ability to go on to the court. Sometimes it is impossible to avoid, but that is rare. And again, I give credit to Novak for actually being willing to lose out on the opportunity to win a Grand Slam tournament because he rightly pointed out that the COVID shot for a young, healthy guy who'd already had it made zero sense. So, once again, you think you can enjoy a sporting event. You think you can watch these things. And uh, and sure enough, uh, so many of the individuals involved, that seems, would rather take it as an opportunity to lecture the people that, look, I, I don't... I do not watch the NBA anymore because of the politics that the NBA took in recent years. Full stop. Don't watch. No interest. Don't care. NFL. I mean, I, I tuned it out for a while. I've now willing to watch it on occasion. Um, but I can certainly understand the appeal, for example, for a lot of people of, um, of really focusing in more on college football, which is something that I know you like a whole heck of a lot. So college football seems to have less of these toxic politics. So I think it's important, folks. I, I don't know. I'm 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 sitting it's so funny. I was like, I just wanted to make fun of the climate protesters. I'm like, oh and the the athlete who won, she did an amazing job. She's such a, a superstar in the making. And it's like, yeah, she thinks they were cool. She likes the protesters. Really, folks, just when you think. If you're the self appointed family photographer or videographer in your family, you need to know about Legacy Box. This company in Tennessee provides a simple and safe solution for digitizing all your family's precious memories. 
And that's what you want, a way to digitally transfer all the moments you've recorded onto digital files that will last forever. They make the process easy. They send you a specially made shipping box. You fill it full and ship it back to them. It can include your old VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, Super 8 film, pictures, whatever you want digitized. Their team professionally digitizes everything by hand. Lots of care goes into that process, and you'll get it back on the cloud or thumb drive along with your originals in just several weeks' time. After 10 years in business, Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer. They've helped over 1 million families to do just this. The best part is being able to watch and relive these memories and share them easily with emails or making digital copies yourself. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck and get an incredible 55% off. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K and get started today. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details the tunnel to towers foundation supports america's greatest heroes our service members and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty as well as homeless veterans these are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to the foundation's gold star fallen first responders smart home and homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us we're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities the foundation's never forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across america with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention, there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.